Hello, my friend, we meet again. It's been a while since we parted. In. In the end. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't want to know the words. Yeah, we got to sharpen up your improv skills. I don't, we were just singing it. I don't know the fucking words. <laughs> when you are aware of me. That's all, that's all you need. You don't even need words. Gonna talk about Eli Roth and Thanksgiving. Let's carve them up. Hey, there we go. <laughs> oh, man. All right. Let's uh, stop messing around. Let's get into the episode. Hello. <laughs> My name's Phil. This is Doug. Oh, Stap. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> took me. It's been a while. <laughs> it kind of took me a hot minute to get there. This is. I just thought that was your redneck accent. This is Doug, uh, the Mark Tremonti of my heart, Galliardo. And. You're the balloons again. <laughs> yeah. Well, our audio listeners aren't going to know what happened, but for some reason. It happens every time. It, we record this on StreamYard, and whenever Doug does a certain hand motion, balloons pop up on the screen. It just happens randomly. Yeah. It's, it's doing the double Richard Nixon. Peace sign, because it seems to happen with that. But yep, there we go. There we go. See, it's the Richard Nixon. But it doesn't work on mine. Anyways. You you have a shitty PC, that's why. Hey, you might be right. Maybe it's a Mac thing. <laughs> Apple is superior, I'm sorry to say. Hey, I want to get one. You were supposed to send me your old uh, MacBook, but you broke it. Uh, yep, that was totally my fault. That that was my uh, my porn machine. And now I just have to use my phone like a heathen. Well, maybe it's for the best that it <laughs> that it broke. Yeah, I would have I would have loved to gifted it to you because I, I I really only use it for yep porn. That's about it. <laughs> All right. <laughs> and when I go on vacation, I watch uh, like movies on it, like on the plane and stuff. Um, well, yeah, speaking totally of uh, speaking of movies, Doug, we are going to talk about Thanksgiving, the new movie from Eli Roth. We're going to talk about. Quite a few Eli Roth movies. We just watched Green Inferno for the first time last night, both you and I. Um, and we'll get to that. But first, I'm pumped to talk about it. <clears throat> so we have to talk about this because this news just broke. A few breaking news. Breaking in the news. Realm. Um, Melissa Barrera, the much celebrated around here, has been let go of Scream Seven. Due to uh, some comments about Palestine. So Melissa Barrera is out of Scream 7. There's no Nev Campbell. No Dewey. Uh, Jenna Ortega is still kind of on the fence about it because her schedule is weird with Wednesday Season 2 and uh, Beetlejuice 2. So I I think they have her, but with her schedule, it's kind of going to be a little weird. But at this point, just stop it. Thank God we got I Courtney Cox. Totally, I don't know if she can lead a Scream movie. I know people care about Gail Weathers. Her leading a Scream movie just isn't as enticing as it may seem to be. I think they just need to fucking pump the subway brakes on this and stop it. Please stop it. We don't, we don't need another one. At least the direction that these last two have been in. I know people are into them which is kind of a mystery. But let's just let this franchise sail off into the sunset. You lost your lead actress. Yeah. You killed off a lot of main players. You won't give Nev Campbell her 
the, the amount of money that she's deserved for this, for this, uh, for this role. Jenna Ortega isn't going to be the lead unless they offer her some crazy salary or some kind of big check or something. But I don't even, I don't know about you, but I don't, I don't want that. I want to see her flourish in other roles. Yeah, I'd, I'd agree with that. And they're going to have to pay up for Jenna Ortega. I mean, she's doing Neutrogena commercials and shit. <laughs> she's sponsored by Adidas. It's yeah. all, she's all over the fucking place. So She's the hot ticket item. I wonder what she thinks of this. So I'm assuming her and Melissa are friends. or So do you think she's like, well, fuck that. I'm leaving too. Um, And also the other, like that, that whole cast seemed like they were pretty... You know, pretty tight as a group, core like four. even off screen. I don't even want to. <laughs> the fucking core zero is what it went down to. It's like the new Coke Zero. No one really remembers it, but <laughs> hey, Coke, people kind of want it. But Coke Zero is still around, right? Yeah, but have you ever even seen it? I feel like I have. Now, Pepsi One, is that still around? Or what about Mountain Dew Code Blue or something? Code Red? Code Green? I think they have like a Taco Bell exclusive for like the code, code reds and stuff. I don't fucking know. Oh, that's a pretty solid deal for Taco Bell. Do you remember Sobe? <laughs> Sobe me. Why? Sobe you. Why are we talking about this? <laughs> uh, yeah, I remember <laughs> that Sobe. Was a that co- I always liked that commercial with like the gecko. It was kind of a rival to Geico with, in the gecko realm. All right. Uh, so I'm fighting a cold. We might have limited time to work with here. My my batteries are draining as we speak. We're talking about Coke Zero and Sobe. Zero. All right. Back to Melissa Barrera. All right. So she is. Yeah. And we're not going to get into the, the politics side of the story. I mean, I read what she said. And honestly, I was expecting something more outlandish I, I couldn't find what she what she actually said uh i don't remember exactly Unless but it was deleted. essentially calling for a ceasefire and i don't know there's a few other comments but i was like oh that's not that bad i mean i think i speak for everyone when i say that it is quite disturbing to see innocent people getting blown up on both sides of any war and um yeah, I didn't think that she said anything all that bad. I don't get it. I can't. Yeah, I haven't. Uh, it's kind of it kind of seems like the James Gunn situation almost. I'm not sure how familiar you are with that. I feel like you are, even though it's superhero related. But people combed through his tweets or whatever. And like 15 years ago, he made like a joke about handy the handicapped community, just trying to like just make a joke. Yeah. And obviously, Twitter takes things very seriously. And Disney fired him with, like, no conversation, nothing. Uh, And then they hired him back uh, because there wasn't even any conversation. They just cut complete ties with James Gunn. So unless, I mean, this seems like it recently just happened today. So it didn't even seem like there was even a conversation with Melissa Barrera to even talk about it. But I guess with that, you know, the war going on Mm -hmm. right now, it's very in our faces and they want no bad PR and they just chose to drop her. Well, I could think of about 50 other ways they could improve scream seven without firing Melissa Brera. It's uh unfortunate all around. I think she'll be okay. I think she still has a ready or not universal monster movie. Remember that? 
the news about that. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah this is something that I'm just kind. I'm not happy about it. I'm not excited. I'm just kind of neutral on it because I'm not even a huge fan of this these new Scream movies. So yeah, her as an actress again, lukewarm on. She did better in Scream Six than Scream Five for sure. Yeah. It's just that like this is a franchise that is waning in my in my interests. Like I'm ready to see new stuff. Yeah, well, it is going to have new directors, so that's a start. Whether we like it or not, this movie is going to go on. This definitely puts a wrench in every single one of their plans, I feel like, because I don't know, even her storyline kind of took a back seat in Scream 7 with like you thought she Scream was kind of going to turn whatever fucking number on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm speak- i'm in the future right now yeah she did kind of take a back seat but hey she stepped up her acting game in scream 7 i thought she was leaps and bounds better than scream 5 and um she didn't even make the list of things we had a problem with in that movie that's because there were plenty of other things that were a huge error yeah and especially when compared to uh dermot mulroney acting like a screaming banshee <laughs> it's, she's definitely more subtle and subdued she looks like a fucking oscar winner it's her birthright oh my god <laughs> that actually that actually makes my lungs like pulsate <laughs> well birthright birthright yeah so we just wanted to touch on that i'm guessing some more news will come out over the next few days but that's all we know right now it's unfortunate all around um say what you will about melissa Barrera, but i don't uh, feel like she didn't quite deserve that well she didn't do anything that harvey weinstein or kevin spacey did <laughs> that's that's a, a good thing <laughs> yeah that's a good thing yeah hollywood has covered up far worse i mean hey did you go see priscilla the new 824 movie <laughs> no i wanted to though that's not fucking problematic and weird at all yeah it showed the like the darker side of Elvis, which is what I wanted to see it for. Like, I wanted to see, like, a true Elvis story that's not just, like, glamour and him on stage singing and thrusting in the air to young yeah. women. But what actually happened? Well, Sophia... Or a closer account. Sophia Coppola should make a biopic about her dad. Show his dark side. And that, and that too. <laughs> I'm sure there will be one day. They made the whole, uh... What was that movie that came out last year? She said that was, like based on like the whistleblowing of Harvey Weinstein and everything like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so there should be those people should just be executed. Yeah. Well, Hey, it's Hollywood. They'll sweep it under the rug. So gross. Not with these fucking Twitter bandits out here. They are <laughs> on the pulse. <laughs> um, so Doug, let's talk about Thanksgiving. Let's carve them up, baby. Let's carve them up hot. So you, um, you don't seem to be a, too hot about this movie i mean this is uh i see a lot of positive reaction to it and i have to say that i had fun with it it's not without faults but it does kind of harken back to the 80s or almost more of a 90s slasher i got like i know what you did last summer vibes from this um yeah so yeah what i agree with you so yeah what was uh what's up What's <laughs> no, I mean, so uh, why are you going against the grain and trying to be edgy? No, uh, no, I agree with you. I see a lot of people or just, you know, in the zeitgeist of people saying that it's 
a throwback to 80s slashers. I'm with you. I believe it's more 90s. Uh, it's a little more polished than an 80s slasher. Yeah. Um, and I I'm with I had fun with the movie. Mm-hmm. I thought I thought the kills were were great. I wish they would have lasted a little longer. I wish some of those scenes was more were more lived in mm-hmm. rather than just cutting to the next thing. Um, I liked the premise. I I like Patrick Dempsey. I thought he was the best one in the uh, in the cast. Obviously, because he's very seasoned. He's been around for a hot minute. Uh, he was great. Uh, I liked mostly the adult cast. I thought the kids were terrible. Most of them. I thought. I thought the lead actress was terrible. Speaking of thought, uh, Melissa Barrera, we might have a, a front runner for the Melissa Barrera might, Spirit might Award be in there <laughs> at the Spookies this I, year. I could think of two people in that movie that that can be up for the Melissa Barrera award that uh, I forgot his name, the varsity jock type of dude. Uh, oh yeah. Chad or Todd or Ian or, I mean, I don't think he was like a bad actor. He was just a total asshole. And you like over the top and just like broad, like it's like he read on the script, like football player. And he was like, I'm going to be a loud outlandish asshole that we've seen hundreds of times in rom-coms. It's just very broad. Mm -hmm. Wasn't very nuanced. Again, nuance in a slasher movie. What are you asking for? But at least be like interesting. I, I liked um, the other actresses. They did fine. Like Gabby uh, and the other one, uh, the dude named Scuba didn't really do any. I mean, he was okay. He was whatever. Uh, it was just very like the acting was overall very broad. Um, but again, I had fun with it. I th- I think a couple of things could could have been tightened up kind of tame for what Eli Roth is used to doing honestly seeing like hostile and hostile 2 and now green inferno i think this is a little tame i thought it was pretty graphic in terms of kills i mean i'm trying to think there was back that to certain there was that one really cool kill with um that saw that like saw blade that that chick fell on oh yeah in her house with the construction equipment I thought that dumpster kill, that just looked fucking ridiculous. Like, that got a big reaction from the- it had such a quick the, cut. Yeah, it, it got a big reaction out of um, the audience I watched it with, but it just looked, uh, something in the visual effects here was just off. I was like, how was that plausible? A dumpster lid fell on her and severed her in half? That's- Yeah, yeah. And, and see, that's where I get taken out of it. Because you could be ridiculous to a point, and I don't think that was that inventive nor the best kill in the movie. It looked very CG. Yeah. For Eli, like, Eli Roth is all about, at least from the movies that we've seen, very close-up, gritty, practical effects, and you he really lets you live with the, with the kill. Like, very right. gross-out type of stuff. This wasn't, I don't think Thanksgiving reached that level. Again, fun. I I like the idea of like the the twists, like the you know the who done it aspect of it. Yeah, it's it's been a minute since we had a good who done it slasher movie, so I enjoyed that aspect of it. Kind of reminiscent of Scream or I know what you did last summer. Um, Except the dialogue just not as strong. And I I will say this: Eli Roth as a as a writer, he's not the greatest writer 
of dialogue. He, I think he presents cool ideas. Right. And then doesn't go in depth like at all. I kind of think of Eli Roth sort of the same way as Rob Zombie. Like they can mm. film a good scene. They have good ideas, but they should really pass the writing off to somebody else. Because he's just, dude, he's just not that Eli Roth just, um, I don't know, something like Cabin Fever or Hostel. It's a little more subtle and the writing, I guess, doesn't have to be that good. Um, yeah. I was just but watching least- Cabin Fever just now and his style uh, of writing lends itself well to that because that's another kind of throwback type of movie. But this needed a little more finesse in the story, I feel like, because it, it was such a broad movie. It spanned this entire town and there was the lore of the Thanksgiving before it and had a lot of characters that needed better dialogue and it just wasn't there. What what I find lacking in a lot of these modern day horror movies in in the dialogue specifically is is like just the everyday banter like okay you obviously know that okay with a slasher you have the killer you need to fill space in between the kills you obviously are getting to the next set piece and the chase and all that but what fills that space needs to be at least funny interesting Pushing the plot forward, that's kind of how you connect to the characters, I feel like. And all these characters were just, in my eyes, not likable. I I just didn't really care for any of the characters, what they were talking about, aside from what what they were going through with uh, John Carver, right? Yeah. Uh, Was just lame, boring, didn't really lend itself to the character development at all or likability at least in my eyes yeah uh take for example like scream you have all these specifically different characters uh randy is like the nerdy film guy and uh billy is the bad boy and matthew lillard (laughs) is just a goofball it's like but they're so specific this is just very broad yeah yeah it's almost like uh the script said like uh generic high school friend group enters the next scene action and it's just yeah i know what you mean um let's talk about the intro of the movie i was referring to like the the whole walmart black the cold open black friday stampede but before that we do get a nice throwback to like halloween or you could say like black christmas or peeping tom if you want to go back further than that with the pov shot i thought that was cool um and yeah, Tim from Just Friends is in this. <laughs> Class of 95. <laughs> can I, can I, you have $5 that I can just, you know, have? I was like, oh my sure. God, that's him. <laughs> I, dude, and we've seen that movie. You might've seen that movie more times than me because I didn't even recognize him. Maybe it's like the bald head and the brain damage that I'm not picking up on. Yeah. But I didn't, I didn't realize it was Tim from Just Friends. Yeah. And, um. Yeah, what did you think about the whole Black Friday? Okay, this is set in modern times. It just felt very. They should have put this in late nineties. Dated? Huh? Dated is the word I think you're looking yeah, for. Yeah, yeah, dated. Um, because this doesn't really happen anymore. I'm sure there are some rare occurrences where it does happen, but nobody's getting in a fucking stampede over a waffle iron. Like what? No, may- maybe in. 
I don't think it happens in Massachusetts, but maybe in like Nebraska or something that still happens where like internet is sparse. Yeah, maybe. Possibly. I, yeah, we're not from there, so we don't know. Um, but I actually, aside from the just cringe dialogue, like you said, service level, just beating us over the head like oh you're gonna go so viral bro it can't can't believe this is gonna go so viral tiktok we get it (laughs) we understand bodies 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 just throwing this out for an example tiktok was used as a catalyst for everything to happen but it wasn't shoved in our fucking faces this like Mm. every five seconds you live streaming uh like take it easy we get the internet's a thing we get that everyone is on their phones constantly. It doesn't need to be. That's what I think makes a movie like timeless. Like you could watch this movie 20 years from now and be like, oh, this was this era. Yeah. Um, but aside from that, I thought that was one of the best scenes in the movie. I looked, I liked the, uh, the adrenaline that was happening. I liked everyone getting just fucking hit. I liked that one dude that was straight up murdered holding his TV or whatever, or the waffle iron. Uh, I like the brutality of it. I, it could have gone harder again um, to amp up the ridiculousness. Uh, but I thought that was fun. I know you weren't that much of a fan of it. No, I was sitting there watching it and uh, there was just something about it that just fell off. It was just like, it was like a fucking NASCAR race when the doors broke and it was like, all right, get set, go. And. And Jeff Gordon rounded the corner, and then we got chaos ensues, blood and guts over a waffle iron. It was like, this is too, it just kind of took me out of it. It was too over the top. It got a fucking applause from the audience I watched it with, like when the title hit. (laughs) Wow. And I mean, hey, that's that's cool. I, I haven't had that happen in a theater in a while, but. Yeah, something about it just fell off to me. If this was set in 1998, then it would have been more plausible. Even early 2000s. Yeah. Again, that's just an oversight in Eli. Like Eli Roth had this cool set piece, but just didn't think about it too much where it would make sense. Yeah, and I guess I see where he was coming from. I'm assuming he was like, okay, start of the movie, I want to chaotic bang to happen so let's see thanksgiving oh black friday Ooh, we could have the set piece be the store and lots of people get killed and body the body count is high but i feel like he it would have worked better if he had just had it in a different setting like maybe it was a family gathering gone wrong and a bunch of people got killed and it wasn't so it's like a fucking Godzilla movie. Just people <laughs> running everywhere. And I don't know. Yeah. And you really can't highlight consumerism on the internet. Like it won't be effective. If like a lot of people are fucking clicking and the computer explodes in their faces and it's just happening in Massachusetts. Uh, I think there could have been a more organic way to get. Cause like I could see the wheels turning in his head. Like, all right, how do we get these kids to somewhere where like death can happen? Right. And to like be a catalyst for like the killer and the cop department store. Like, all right. Like it, I see it. Yeah. But yeah, I get, I can see why it wouldn't be gratifying to you. And how come, uh, the killer went after the high school kids because yeah, they were there, but they didn't cause the riot that killed Gina Gershon. 
technically they sort of did because they went into the store because it's her father's store. And then the other people like behind the gate were like, how come they get to go in? Blah, blah, blah. And the oh, dude yeah. takes the fucking megaphone. He's like, let's charge it. I want a waffle also, Tim Dillon, like, <laughs> like, all right, you could order this off Amazon and be good to go. Yeah. You don't even need to be here. We're just going to pretend like Amazon and online shopping doesn't exist. This is totally possible. Have you ever heard of the internet? <laughs> <laughs> Somebody should have just been on their phone and it. be like, oh, um, I can actually order it for like $10 cheaper than what it's marked down to in the store. Yeah, there's a sale on Amazon. <laughs> you could get it tomorrow with Prime. <laughs> think you guys can have a little fucking patience. Yeah, see what I mean? So it just kind of... Uh, just the... Um, it just took me out of it. I was just watching it like, okay, this is just getting fucking ridiculous at this point. I mean, yeah, some of the kills are fun to watch, but other than that. Yeah, her getting rocked with that wheel of the shopping cart. That was pretty gnarly. Um, everyone just like tripping over each other. It was kind of like Jingle All the Way, just with less Sinbad <laughs> and less blood. More blood, less Sinbad. It's turbo time. <laughs> I, I, want that, I wanted that turbo man so bad. So what were some other other highlights of the movie for you? I like the mask. The uh the killer design is cool. I I loved how You know trick or treat are just foaming at the fucking mouth when they saw that. They're like, ooh. Oh. Absolutely. Just like black phone, they're like, this can sell, baby. Oh yeah. And I, I don't even know how they anticipated this, like Fright Rags and all those other clothing companies like dropped Thanksgiving t-shirt lines like before the movie came out i was like damn people are snatching this up before they even see the movie and know if it's good or not yeah uh but again it it was a fun movie um other portions that i liked um i did like uh like the lair of uh john carver i did like the boarded up windows i liked how uh again i wish we would have spent a little more time there i my my one of my other favorite scenes was when uh they were all at the dinner table uh very reminiscent of Texas Chainsaw Massacre but just not that yeah um i did like uh that dude's head getting tenderized that was really really fun really effective um again i maybe it's because we watched so many of these movies it just didn't instill the fear in me that like it should have <laughs> Mm-hmm. like the atmosphere which i'm surprised because eli roth he does a pretty solid job with atmosphere i i would say but yeah. the, the the turkey wasn't stuffed that much might i say <laughs> it was lacking a little gravy <laughs> i gotta say the uh the roasted alive in the oven bit that just kind of got to my claustrophobia and I was like, oh, fuck, this is kind of hard to watch. I like that scene. I just wish there was a little more, like, panic. Again, this is nitpicky stuff, but, like, I just want to feel. Mm. Um, but I I like that chase scene with her uh, getting out of the ropes and getting, you know, running around the house and everything. She she was almost there. She almost got it. Um, yeah, there there are quite a few really well done um sequences of this movie like chase scenes the lady in the diner that gets killed by the dumpster thing i mean everything leading up to that was really well done kind of reminded me of a classic slasher so yeah there are a lot of good points to this movie 
what did you think about the the killer reveal? Or hey, spoilers in case I, I don't know. We've probably already spoiled a lot, but yeah, I think everyone listening can can already say that they have either seen it or they tuned out and hate us. Um, I I liked it. I I, I liked the reasoning. It made sense. Uh, I didn't think it was to again. He didn't ham it up. He wasn't Dermot Mulroney. I liked Patrick Dempsey's performance. Yeah, he was uh, solid. I liked how he got found out. Again, it's something that we've seen before, you know, the shoes and stuff like that. I get it. I like how when when he realized that, what the fuck's her name? Uh, I have Stone no Face, idea. Number one. Uh, Stoneface McGuire. Let's go with that. Uh, Stoneface McCardboard. <laughs> The Home Depot wood section um, <laughs> is horrible. Rich mahogany. <laughs> uh, when they when they both realized, like they like, right? He realized that she knew, and he was like, "If only you hung out that hung on that fence for a little longer." I was like, "I like that line. It's a good line." Yeah. Uh, just to bring it home. At uh, least he didn't do a Matthew Lillard impression and start laughing and acting crazy and kooky like i'm the killer exactly Woo! like we it's enough with that everyone can't be matthew lillard we've got that from the scream franchise where everyone was matthew lillard yeah Ugh. um even in five nights at freddy matthew lillard wasn't matthew lillard it was something different because that's what actors do uh oh. they don't play the same role put a stamp on it <laughs> solidified baby gadoosh stuttered <laughs> gadoosh <laughs> baba gadoosh uh what was I going to say? The line that kind of didn't make sense to me um, when he told her, uh, I, I couldn't do this without you. You led me. It's like, you're a, you're a cop. Hmm. You have the information. How did she lead you to places? Yeah. You know where everybody is at all times. You didn't really need her. Uh, that was kind of dumb, I thought. Do you think Patrick Dempsey would have been able to figure out live streaming and all that <laughs> in his age <laughs> he'd be like how does this you know work what? again <laughs> i think he's a cool enough like dad or yeah, something like, i feel like he could have figured it out yeah he's he probably listened to some some nice dad rock on the way to that thanksgiving dinner q1043 classic rock he'll let you drink in the garage as long as you're not doing it somewhere else <laughs> everyone could gather at my house i don't want the cops to get you just I'll tell him I'm on the force. So yeah, um, he's definitely one of the one of the dads that when his daughter walks down the stairs, hey, that skirt's a little too short, honey. Why don't you go upstairs and change into a jumpsuit? <laughs> Wait, did he have kids in this movie? No, but if he did, oh okay. Well, he was gonna have a kid with that's right, Gina Gershon, but her head got caved in by a shopping cart. If I was dating Gina Gershon and somebody killed her, I'd be quite upset too. I would be mad. I thought that was Countess Luann from Real Housewives until I had until I looked up her IMDb. She's going to be in Eli Roth's next movie, Borderlands, based on the video game. I didn't even know he was making that. It's been in development hell for like three or four years. Hmm. They announced casting for that in like 2019 or 2020. Something like that. It's Kevin Hart, Jack Black. Kate Blanchett. Oh, great. I don't know if this movie's actually getting off the ground. Is Kevin Hart going to be all Kevin Hardy? 
Yes. Is Jack Black going to be Jack Black? Probably. Yeah. I love Jack Black, though. So I love Kevin Hart. I just don't like him in movies. I like him in stand-up comedy. think he's great. Movies. Have, if you, have you ever seen Ride Along with him in Ice Cube? No, I haven't. Don't. <laughs> okay. It's billed as a comedy. It's not a comedy. I didn't laugh. Not once. Wasn't he in Get Hard with Will Ferrell? Yep. Again, Ugh. never would watch that. I tried to watch it and I was like, this is dog shit. Sure was bad. I, was- I, I thought Ice Cube was, I think Friday is one of like the best movies of all time. If we're doing like a hundred movies of all time, I think Friday has to be up there. It's so fucking good. Uh, That's fair. But yeah, a- anything else with Ice Cube? Like I. So they probably... S- I'm guessing they're going to do a sequel to this. They kind of set it up for a sequel. Uh, because you see the yeah. firefighter. Okay. Oh, wait, wait, yeah, wait. Yeah, yeah. We got to talk about this part. What did uh, Cardboard McStoneface say to <laughs> Patrick Dempsey like right before she shot the thing that blew up the balloon? What was that uh, one-liner? Oh, I don't. Uh, did she? I still like the Babadook. <laughs> <laughs> wait, did she say like... Something about leftovers. There are. Well, he was. He said there will be no leftovers or something. Uh, uh, which is, you know what? That was fine. I get it. He's the corny. It's like, all right, you're throwing it back to like slasher movies of yesteryear. Yeah, fine. It's the tagline. We get it. Um, I I completely blocked out what she said. Yeah, it was have some more, bitch, or whatever. Yeah. I don't know. I <laughs> put this in a to go box. <laughs> You're getting sent back to Boston Market. <laughs> also, I will say, the thing that took me out of the movie the most, and I've been to Massachusetts plenty of times. I dated the girl there for three years. No one has that harsh of an accent. <laughs> that is crazy. <laughs> Wait, which one? All of them. Yeah. They... Everyone sounded like fucking Bill Burr. That, uh, that opening scene where everybody's shouting it's like hey you fucking open the fucking doors i'm trying to shop over here it's like oh, what the fuck is this that's the, what are you you're doing good fellas right now <laughs> <laughs> hey. open the fucking door carmine <laughs> give me the fucking keys what you do with the fucking keys <laughs> this is like everyone sounded drunk because pr- they probably are i'll go down to dorchester and say it's very wonderful it's like what what are you saying Go down to Southie. <laughs> hey, you McFuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> what does that mean? Call somebody. Uh, we probably okay. maybe shouldn't have this conversation. <laughs> hey, what does it mean uh, when somebody calls him a Mick? <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. Maybe because a lot of Irish last names start with like McDonald or McHappy. Oh, or yeah, Mc yeah, yeah. Mc- maybe? Yeah, yeah. It's just a guess. McHappy? <laughs> really? <laughs> I was going Mc- Ronald McDonald. I don't know where I was going with that. Okay, yeah, it's probably a slang for Irish. Hey, I'm Irish. I can say that. Is that how it works? Um, maybe. <laughs> yeah, we'll say yes. You got canceled for this. <laughs> um. So yeah, they had that scene where the big explosion happens, and then they're they linger on a, a firefighter walking out. And it's like, oh, is that? Patrick Dempsey, did he pull a Halloween resurrection swap with the the firefighter? 
It's kind of what it seems like. I'm with like. it. I'm with it because I, I would like to see more, but like, yeah, we've seen it before. Like, obviously slowed down his like, you know, very sensual killer walk that he that he got. I'm not sure how he survived getting burnt alive, but maybe the next movie he'll have like a Freddy Krueger face and everything. Yeah, I mean, I would be pretty stoked to see a sequel, actually. What would you want the subtitle to be? Uh, Thanksgiving 2. Thanks. Back for seconds. Or <laughs> second helpings. That's what it'll be. Gravy train. Second helpings. <laughs> yeah, that's what it'll be. <laughs> that's, a, that's a good one. Gravy Thanksgiving train. 2. Put a fork in it. <laughs> uh, Thanksgiving 2. Eat till you bust. I don't know. <laughs> Thanksgiving 2. Pass the giblets. <laughs> We we can come up with plenty of these fucker giblets. <laughs> I'm not sure. But... Uh, Thanksgiving two, the stuffing. Oh shit. Um, or Thanksgiving two, if we're going. Uh, well, nope, I'm not gonna say that one. <laughs> Never mind. Easy, Doug. <laughs> not uh, not gonna say it. All right. So where would you rank this in the? Eli Roth filmography. Well, okay, we both seen Hostel. We both seen Hostel Two. I saw Hostel Two when it first came out in what two thousand seven. I couldn't tell you anything about that movie. Uh, I saw it twice. I just I remember it. it was like okay, this was way inferior to the original. Yeah, it, it was just very forgettable. Yeah, again, just like not as strong a story as Hostel, the first one. Um, I will say out of the, because we're going to exclude some movies because we haven't seen Knock Knock that Eli Roth directed or The House with the Clock in Its Walls. Not really horror related, but he directed it. Um, so this is my list of my my Eli Roth ranking. I will go Hostel. I will go. <laughs> Wait, Hostel is um, number one? Hostel's number one for me. Okay. I think that's his most innovative. Uh, I, I, that's not his feature. I think that, no, no, no. Cabin Fever was feature debut. Right, yeah. Uh, I keep forgetting that movie. Shot that um, in 2001. It came out in 03. Yeah, that was one. Yeah, wow. And kudos for him making Cabin Fever in 2001, because that was, as far as like any sort of, throwback slasher gory type of horror that might have been the lowest point i mean because that's coming off the hills of uh i know what you did last summer and the yeah that all that shit and there wasn't anything going on at that point so all right so after the first hostel i think i mean we i just saw it last night but i really like the green inferno i think i would put that second uh Third, I would put Cabin Fever. Fourth, I would put Thanksgiving. Fifth, I would put Hostel 2 out of the movies mm. I saw. Okay. Yeah, I noticed all... Maybe I could switch Cabin Fever and Thanksgiving. Because it's been a hot minute since I've seen Cabin Fever. Yeah. I would need to rewatch it again. But definitely top two, Hostel and uh Okay, so you you gave Green Inferno four stars on your letterbox. I gave it two. I, two? I just wrote hostile when nature calls. <laughs> That's what it was. <laughs> I didn't. I didn't. I didn't see you post it. Yeah, I just posted it like last night. 
Oh, I don't know why I can never see your stuff. Uh, I'll, I'll like it. Don't later. search for it now. We're recording. <laughs> <laughs> Eyes up. <laughs> two stars. Two stars. Two stars. Yeah, it just didn't. Um, the last thing you left me with that you texted me was uh, spoiler alert. Uh, that dream sequence at the or what did you oh, send me? God, yeah, that, I sent him a screenshot of the dream sequence at the end of green inferno yeah. where she's wearing the most fucking wax vampire teeth <laughs> piece of shit looking prosthetics I've ever seen. It was like, the budget couldn't have been that bad and they could have got some better fangs. It's like and K and B did the effects on that. I don't Craig know. If Eli, yes. I don't know if Eli Roth was like, Hey, let's, I want it to look like that because it's a dream sequence. So it should look wacky, but it was just, like I laughed when it happened. I was like, "Is that supposed to be <laughs> scary, or what was he going for there?" I just didn't see the point in it. It could have it, that dream sequence could have not happened, and it would have been okay. Yeah, uh, I guess they were trying to like swerve the audience into thinking that uh, that piece of shit came back. Um, but yeah, what what else didn't you like about it? Again, the writing, the dialogue was fucking trash. The first twenty minutes of it. When they're like still on campus and I, I mean, the acting was so bad. I agree with you. I think those um, I think the characters were a little more likable in this movie. I, I they were again the uh, her best friend, like the blonde one that was like, <sighs> oh, my God, yeah, iPads or whatever uh, the fuck she was saying. Uh, I she was awful. She was not great, but for some reason, I was like, this doesn't offend me that much. Like, everyone has a friend like that. Like, I get it. Like, she's that girl. Um, At one point, she actually said, activism is so gay. Like, she did. And I was like, ooh, what? what? Why? <laughs> again, Eli Roth wrote this. Yeah. Um, yeah. Again, very his writing style is very on the nose. And I thought he had interesting... An interesting premise with this one, which is why I kind of like this one a little better than Thanksgiving. You had the main dude like fighting for the fighting for the village, and then you realize that it was all like a stunt. I thought that was interesting because it's it kind of backfires on him. Um, yeah, it had an interesting premise, but there just wasn't enough there to stretch out over an hour and a half. It's yeah, like okay, the dialogue. It's like okay, they they finally crash on the island they get captured and now it's just one gross thing to the next next kill next kill. and that's what i liked about it it was and it could have been weightier the dialogue and the story mm -hmm. but that little bit got you there and then once they're in the village you're like oh all right i'm just here for just the ruthless nature of this fucking village and what they're gonna do to these people i was i guess it once that happens you're either on board or you're not on board I was on board because I was like, these these villagers are pretty ruthless. And I dug it. I liked the kills. I I will say this. He copied from himself in Thanksgiving uh, with the whole pull through the head uh, right. kill. Yeah. I was like, oh, I just saw that. Um, again, interesting ideas were presented. Not enough follow through, but the kills... I really like the kills. Um, yeah, had some great effects work, and but four stars. I four out stars of, <laughs> out of all of Eli Roth's movies, out of five. 
Yeah, I can see myself watching because I don't like Hannibal, Hannibal, Cannibal Holocaust. I fucking hate that movie. I don't either. Any movie and, where they kill an actual animal on screen, I'm like, yeah, I'm out. I don't give a fuck how yeah, beloved this, to me, this movie is. I don't know. That movie is so fucking overrated. I get it. You're edgy. You like people on sticks. They did it in this movie. People were clothed. Uh, but I just like the brutal nature of like these villagers and you never really got to understand them like at all. That was kind yeah. of terrifying in my eyes because I was like, wow, I don't know what the hell anyone is saying. There's no subtitles. There's nothing. Uh, it was just that he kind of put me in that space. So I was kind of my heart was raising a little bit uh, more so than Thanksgiving and more so than Hostel 2. So I got to I got to put it up there. Now, did you like the lead actor in this? Uh, in Green Inferno? Inferno? Yeah. Uh, yeah, she was decent. Should have brought her back for Thanksgiving. I thought so. I think kind of had the same vibe. What strip mall did Eli Roth find this new girl <laughs> out? Seriously. What, what was her audition tape like where he was like, I want her. That's the one. Like, come on, dude. It's just that one expression of those eyes in every yeah. in every scene. Really channeling uh, channeling Scream Five over here. <laughs> <laughs> I I think is she worse than Melissa Barrera in Scream Five? I don't know. I'd have to go back and rewatch it, but I don't think it hit until about halfway through the movie. I was like, oh, she can't act worth a shit. <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> And and one of the uh, it was like Aquafina and Renfield. I was like, oh, hey, hey, I liked Aquafina. Epiphany moment. She can't fucking act. <laughs> <laughs> That's what's off here. <laughs> she is very uh, <laughs> Aquafina can act, just maybe not her best work in Renfield. Watch the farewell. <laughs> Oof. All right. <laughs> I'll take I your promise. Word for I, it. I promise you, it's not better. I mean, I promise you, it's better. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, she's like the hyped up best friend with witty jokes. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, Green Inferno um, just wasn't that interesting to me. It takes more than super brutal kill onto the next to keep my interest. I was like, okay. And I'm fine with gore if it enhances the story or there's a reason behind it. I don't know. I guess that was the whole point. This we don't yeah. know why this village is are killing people the way that they do. They can't be reasoned with. Uh, so yeah, I see your points on how it you felt like you were trapped there. But yeah, personally, I, think that I would story never was... watch it again. Ever. Yeah. No. Fucking ever. No. Damn. <laughs> I'll put on Ace Ventura too when nature calls. Thank you very much. <laughs> Now just put Jim Carrey in a land full of cannibals and you got you got a movie. You got you got a crossover. <laughs> you speak what? Chutu? <laughs> Shit. No, I, I <laughs> Dude, as as much as I love Ace Ventura, that second movie does not it's good in parts. It's oh. The best parts of Ace Ventura 2 are better than Ace Ventura, but as a whole, Ace Ventura is the best. Dude, I can't tell you how many times I've rewound uh, the part where with the projector screen and he's doing like the (laughs) Mr. Ventura. (laughs) I thought that was the best creation ever when I was like, whenever I first saw it, eight years old. You're like, this is comedy right here. Like this is gold. This should win an Oscar. (laughs) 
I mean, the rhino birthing scene. Holy shit. So good. That scene is great. But it's just, it's like an Ace Ventura. It's like him parodying, pa- parodying himself. Right. With like the chitty chitty bang bang, chitty chitty bang bang. And then he fucking parks and he's like, like a glove. It's like, all right, it's just catchphrases and lines. There's no real dialogue. Right. Yeah. It was, it's like, uh, oh, he's doing the thing on the plane. Like, oh, no, I don't smoke. It's like, all right, we did that first movie. Yeah. Repeating it again. That intro made me cry as a kid. That was probably very traumatizing. Oh, with the me. raccoon. Yeah. I was like, oh. what? What is this? Why are they? Why are they doing this to us? All right. So, good. so uh, Green- what? So what is your full list? Okay. I, I think I would go. I would have to say hostile. And then probably cabin fever. Yeah. I was just watching that before we started recording. I'm like halfway through it just because I haven't seen it in a while. Um, but given the time that it came out, what he was trying to accomplish at that time when nobody else was, yeah, I have to go cabin fever. Right strong, baby. Simple, simple premise. We need more movies where friends go to a cabin and bad shit happens. I'm not talking about Evil Dead Rise. Well, that was uh, in an apartment. <laughs> I was trying to think of the last time we've had that. I guess Cabin in the Woods. Cabin in the Woods? Yeah. That was like 2014, 20, no, 2012, I think. 2012, actually. yeah. Yeah, we're, due, we're about due for another Cabin in the Woods movie. If someone can refresh the possession genre, they could definitely refresh that old premise. But I wouldn't want like a sort of meta commentary like Cabin in the Woods was. I was talking with someone. Uh, I've never I been hyped I, on that movie. I saw it once. I was like, yeah, it's okay. I I like it a whole lot. I, I like, again, it goes with, it's in line with what you're saying. This like self, the self-awareness in horror movies is getting a little too old. Yeah, it is. Like the, the writers that they choose for these movies are not that funny to be that self-aware. And it's very shoehorned in, like, yeah. give us some barbarian shit. Give us some terrifier. Like that shit is actually there's funny moments. I like funny moments in horror movies, but like make it organic. Like it doesn't need to be, oh, we're in a horror movie. This isn't this what happened? We get it. It's been, it's played out. Let's not be self-aware. We're self-aware. We know we're watching a horror movie. Let's do something different now. Yeah. Circumstantial comedy is fine because life has funny moments. But yeah, when you're constantly, hey, audience, you're watching Scream 6. Remember this thing? It's like, fuck off. Just. If I see another fucking monologue about requels, sequels, remakes, reboots, I am going to fucking re-off myself. Wait, do you think in... Oh, God, I just thought of this. Do you think in Scream no, 7... There's don't gonna, say it. They're going to be like, hey, it's 2023. Somebody could get fired for making insensitive don't comments. Don't, you I don't, knew you were going to fucking say that. Oh, you know they're going to do that. <laughs> I, thought, I thought you were going to say they were going to do like a Claire Huxtable type of situation and replace the actor... But it's a di- it's the same character, but a different actress, and they're going to be like, "Huh, you look different." <laughs> Get it? <laughs> Please, for the love of Satan, do not do that. <laughs> oh shit, that wouldn't be the look, most it's Jason e- Schwartzman in a wig. That wouldn't be the most egregious thing that's ever happened in Scream, but they could just stop production. See so, ya, yeah, Hostel, Cabin Fever. I guess I'd have to say Thanksgiving. I mean, Eli Roth doesn't have the strongest filmography. We're not picking, we're not ranking like, I don't know, favorite John Carpenter films here. 
there's like fucking 18. <laughs> but I mean, look, I, I don't want it to come off like um, we're shitting on Eli Roth or anything. I actually really like him. I like that he's attempting to he's making these movies. I mean, they're they may not be perfect, but we need people trying to keep this old school slasher spirit alive. No, I, I think, yeah, we're definitely not shitting on him at all. This is just our personal preferences of his filmmaking. But as a person, I, I love Eli Roth and he's very knowledgeable and again, super knowledgeable on slashers and just all different types of horror and hostile was great. Uh, I'm glad that he's still making movies. I wish he would make more movies. Uh, Cause I don't, I don't think he's been given a, a fair shot at, uh, I mean, I, I'm sure he has a lot of ideas and I know he's done, you know, those AMC specials where he's talking about horror. I just wish he would do more. I want his filmography to grow. And I think, you know, with Quentin Tarantino backing him that he should have no problem getting stuff off the ground or Robert Rodriguez. Uh, these are very high tier, like human beings in, in Hollywood, I think. Uh, maybe not so much Robert Rodriguez. I mean, he's done uh, from Dust Till Dawn and Sin City and Spy Kids. Uh, he's he's a name. He's done. Uh, did he do that movie with uh, not um, with Benicia del Toro? I'm thinking of Antonio Banderas. Yep, he, that's the one I'm thinking. He works of. with him all the time. That's the yeah, Antonio Banderas. Uh, Desperado. That movie. That's the one badass. I'm thinking of. I think. The, Maybe I'm thinking of that. The movie? guns and the guitar case, dude, fucking insane! I saw that when I was like 13 or 14. Me too. I thought once it was he like, broke that shit out, amazing. I thought it was the coolest thing I'd ever seen. Damn, I was like, gotta watch that movie again. I was like, I want to be Antonio Banderas <laughs> and walk around with a guitar case full of machine guns. Have you ever seen the YouTube channel? It's like Men's Health. They go to different actors or celebrities. It's like, what's in your gym and fridge? Oh, all the time. Yeah. All the time. They just did I, one I on videos. Eli Roth. And uh, he was talking about like his, I was like, we're kind of speaking the same language here. He's a smoothie guy in the morning. He was going through his smoothie routine and going through his fridge. I was like, okay. I, I love, uh, yeah, they have like the, what's in your, like, what are your five essentials traveling or something like that. Right. I, I love watching those videos. Uh, I will get into Eli Roth's uh, video because I'm a fan. Yeah, he's uh, he boxes a lot. So, no, I never would have took him as a boxer. Yeah, well, I mean, he doesn't fight like amateur fights or anything, but that's his just per- the just the bag. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, we love Eli Roth. I like Thanksgiving overall. I had a lot of fun with it. I mean, it's not perfect, but we need more of these types of movies. I think it's a good one to end the year on for sure. I think it's, I think it's fun. I think again, this dude, uh, John Carver can be like at the end, a new horror icon. If he just keeps making these movies, uh, again, what's going to be the catalyst for the sequel? Like, is she still going to be alive? Are you still mad about Thanksgiving? Does it happen every Thanksgiving? Are they going to branch out? It's called Thanksgiving, but like, is it, I just don't want it to be a repeat of this movie uh, because we already kind of know everything about this killer. We know the backstory. There's really nothing new to unfold with him. Yeah. Uh, I just hope it he figures out a new way to make it fresh. Maybe pull on a new writer. New lead actress. <laughs> that would help. They got to kill her first. 
Hey, uh, well, Melissa Barrera is free. <laughs> Just do a little swap. Yeah. There you this go. New chicken Thanksgiving could be in Scream 7. Yeah, and uh, Melissa's gotten a lot better. I mean, I thought she was noticeably better in Scream 6. So, well, with these uh, these AI rules, they might just fucking AI her. Oh God, that's gonna be a even more robotic. Than that'll be a, that'll be a joke in the next scream. Oh please, no! And with AI technology, who knows who could be the killer? It could be a different. I can just see it. I can just see AI it. Matthew Lillard. Oh yeah, <clears throat> I've been tinkering in my basement for fifty years. <laughs> So, hey, speaking of Thanksgiving, what are your plans in a couple days, Doug? Happy Thanksgiving, um, everybody. This episode is going to come out on Thanksgiving. Let's fucking go. People can listen to it when they're stuffed with gravy and not really paying attention. Um, Thanksgiving is not my favorite holiday. I honestly don't care about Thanksgiving that much. Yeah, it's kind of like warm up. It's kind of like warm up Christmas. Yeah, I don't really care. I I usually go over to my mom's house because my grandparents, her parents live in Jersey and it's hard for her to get out there and us to get out there. So I just go over to my mom's house. I hang with Walt. Uh, we watch a movie or two and then I go home. Hey. That's exactly what I'm doing. Nice. Uh, what about you? What are you getting into? I'm going to spend Thanksgiving with Ashley's family. Um, oh, yeah. You'll be in Florida when you leaving. No, no. That's for Christmas. Oh, yeah. All right. Never mind then. Oh, thank God I'm not going to Florida in a couple of days. Uh, no, that's Christmas. So I'm just going to hang out with her and her family. What is your favorite Thanksgiving meal besides uh, toes? Besides what? We know you like sucking on toes. Suck. Oh, besides that? Um, yeah. With some gravy on them? Uh, don't be a menace while drinking your juice in the hood in South Central. Pour some ketchup on there. <laughs> Pour some fucking mayo on there, you sick bastard. <laughs> Put a banana in between every one of her toes. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I don't mean to give you those ideas. No kinky talk on the podcast, Doug. Ashley, I apologize. <laughs> um, I don't know. Just everything that's not turkey. I Sweet dislike potatoes. turkey. Sweet potatoes oh. with the marshmallows in it, baby. Yeah. That's the stuff. I'm making Ing. some mashed potatoes tomorrow. I'm making a big-ass pot of them. So. Hell yeah. Are you a fan of... Mashed potatoes or baked potatoes? Do you have a preference? Um, because I fucked with a good baked potato with like that square butter on there, just melting. Yeah, <laughs> I mostly bake sweet potatoes. I probably eat like right. four sweet potatoes a week, sometimes more. Always have them on handy. They're cheap and nutritious. That's Phil's healthy carbs. life advice for the day. Eat skin too. Skin's the best part. Good, healthy fiber. Shit, you're making me want to go buy sweet potatoes. Hey, men's health. What's in your gym and fridge? We should do one of those episodes. <laughs> I don't know if people want to look in our fridges. So yeah, Eli Roth. We salute you, sir. Thank you for continuing the fucking slasher trend and uh, ease up with the technology and all that shit in the next one. We're just, you know, hire another writer to like be a script supervisor yeah look over some stuff cross some t's dot some i's it's kind of like rob zombie i mean great visionary filmmaker but he can't write dialogue for shit 
I would I mean, love to see. Help. I would love to see Rob Zombie paired with a good writer. I think that's the only way he's gonna make. Do you think Rob? Do you think his best days are behind him? Do you think he can come back and make a whoa? Did you see the new Rob Zombie movie? I don't think he can at this point. I think if he if he gets his own head out of his ass. Yeah, put his ego I'm saying that the best way possible. Yeah, just... With love. Put some... Yeah, because, again, House of a Thousand Corpses, I think, is one of the best horror movies, best atmosphere in any horror movie. Love Devil's Rejects. I... I I do like um, Lords of Salem. I like his original stuff more than his remake stuff. Halloween 2007, I think, is decent. Uh, (laughs) Sorry, decent. Yeah. Uh, I know you absolutely want to spit in its face. Uh, But I, again, like you said, paired with a good writer, do something original rather than taking on like a popular IP. I think it could happen. But like, are we going to have to wait for like, just make us excited about something? Yeah, I would love to see him revisit something along the lines of Lords of Salem again. That Do movie, some witchy shit. It actually has atmosphere and not yeah. every character is like, you fucking bitch, I'm gonna skull fuck you fucking tits <laughs> off your fucking chest, bitch. It's like <laughs> I'd love to know how that's possible. It's like I don't know. Rob Zombie doesn't do normal. It's like every character well. doesn't have to have the name like the bleeding skull or like <laughs> The Toasted Almond. Like, it, it have some realism factors to this. I get that he wants to be kooky and wacky. I'm sorry, did you just say The Toasted Almond? <laughs> yeah. What the fuck are you talking about? That's my favorite thing to eat from a, a <laughs> ice cream truck. <laughs> toasted Almonds are 10 out of 10. <laughs> oh, God, I love you so much. What um, was what was your favorite thing to eat on an ice cream truck? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I grew up in the South. We didn't have ice cream trucks. We have ice cream wagons. <laughs> yeah, a fucking hor- a fucking like a wooden go kart. Fucking horse comes by with a buggy <laughs> behind it. Damn, I didn't say you were Amish. <laughs> no, I mean I grew up in a very rural area. We didn't have ice cream trucks. That was a foreign concept to me. Come here in the summer. There'll be some ice cream trucks, Mister Softy. I mean, I hear some riding around Raleigh sometimes, but I find them to be like kind of creepy. Uh yeah, a little bit. I think the new ones take a uh, debit card, so that's a little less a little more modern. I think an ice cream slasher, ice cream man slasher could work. I'm not talking about like Ice Cream Man 1995 with Clint Howard. I see you looking for the VHS tape. Yeah. Where is it? Oh, there it is. <laughs> but I think you could do something fun with that concept. Yeah, yeah, I like that. It hasn't been done a whole lot, for sure. Uh, I just think, like, new, just new ideas need to be thrown around. They already got, like, I mean, again, if you make these movies on a low budget, every single Blumhouse movie has proven it'll make the money back. Five Nights at Freddy is now the number one grossing horror movie of 2023. Who would have saw that coming? Yeah, I don't, is it the top grossing I just read it today. Okay. Uh, from Variety Scream, or IndieWire or something. It beat Scream? I think so. Wow. That's crazy. I still haven't seen it. Pretty wild. 
I would love to know what you think about it because it's not it's, it's not Hulu. bad. Yeah, it's on Hulu now, right? Because I watched it on Peacock. Oh, okay. Um, yeah. If it's on there for free, I think you should watch it. I think it was fine. Uh, this year has just not been the best for horror. I don't think I was doing my ranking. I saw that. I was looking at your list, and I was like, "Ooh." Other than, I'd say when evil lurks, it hasn't been like a standout banger of a movie. That's why the that's why everything on my list was so difficult to put in order because I don't really have an overall favorite aside from when evil lurks. That was a clear, yeah, win for this year. I love that movie more than anything else that came out this year. Liked Infinity Pool a whole lot, uh, but like not enough to love it. Yeah, it was kind uh, of forgettable, right? I just love Mia Goth's performance, and I love the concept, and it was just weird. I just liked weird. Yeah, the weird factor of it. Uh, I know you don't like Renfield, but I'm counting it. Uh, give yeah. me Nicolas Cage Dracula all day. <laughs> yeah, I needed more of that, not Aquafina and Fast and the Furious shit. I'm a uh, Matrix I'm with, fights. I'm, the only reason why I give that a pass is because it was based on a short run of comics or a story that was written by Robert Kirkman and he did the walking dead and invincible. So it had like that comedic element to it. I was like, all right, they're adapting something. Okay. But like universal do a Nick Cage drag in the movie. We need it. Yeah. I wouldn't um, be mad at that. Just trying to think. I don't even fucking remember what else came out this year. Uh, <laughs> Megan was low. Scream 6 was low. Cobweb I had high because what else is there? Right. Uh, yeah, we, we'll we'll definitely do an episode where we talk about our... our yeah, list. well, save that for the spookies. We'll, we got plenty to... Yes. I've been thinking of some uh, new categories. Too. I was, I was going to think about some categories uh, at some point, but I keep forgetting. Shit, I forgot. I had a really good one the other day, and I was like, oh, put that in my phone, and I forgot. But hey, we are going to go ahead and wrap it up here. Thank you so much for listening. Doug. Cut it out. <laughs> Easy, Uncle Jesse. <laughs> that was the other guy. Huh? That was Joey. Oh, you're right. You're Your right. Your full house knowledge is terrible. <laughs> you're f- if I was John Stamos, I'd be like, what? what? Who's there? Oh, my God. Hello? Mary-Kate? Ashley? Bob? Well, on that note, we are going to go ahead and wrap it up here at the Spook House. But thank you so much for listening. Doug, I love you, my friend. Love you, baby. Happy Thanksgiving to all. Happy Thanksgiving. We will catch you all on the next one.